Well, good morning to you. Good evening, good afternoon, depends whereabouts you are in the world. I know where I am. I'm in sunny Scotland. Well, actually, it's not really a sunny, it's quite dull. But anyway, I am in Scotland and I am bringing you the news from Stone Pages and Badger and, of course, Past Horizons. Yes, it's myself, David Connolly. Where have I been? Not been far, actually, which has been nice. So that means you're going to get uh, news which is lovely and recent and all these stories. Now, all that news has been collected from various sources, and to view the details on each story, including that all-important source, well, you know where you're going to have to go? You're going to have to go to Stone Pages. That's news.stonepages.com. And in a break from tradition, unbelievably, we've got no Stonehenge story. Hooray! What do we have, though? Well, we've got, uh, and I, I tried my best not to chuckle at this, they've found a prehistoric pit on an Irish beach. At least they didn't find a sandcastle. Anyway, there's early humans in Saudi Arabia, uh, and what we're actually getting from that is just how diverse these early humans were. An ancient Harappan reservoir that dwarfs the one that's at Mahindradaro has just been found in India. And a Bronze Age palace, this is absolutely stunning, uh, has been discovered in Spain. We've got proto-Neanderthal remains found in Normandy and in Indonesia. Cave paintings that are now being dated are beginning to shatter the theories of the origin of art. Bronze Age knife has been discovered in Denmark and believe me, it is absolutely stunning. A lot of stunning uh, finds this week. We've also got some Neolithic pottery on the Scilly Isles, and we finish off with an Armenian site challenging assumptions about human technology. Well, shall we get going? I think so. By the way, thanks to everybody who uh, has been missing uh, the podcast over the past few months. Um, must say it's a, it's a very touching to get all these messages from you, so thank you for missing us. Um, the other interesting thing is I, I get very confused. I think the last one I was saying that uh, this is going to be podcast 251. Well, in fact, it turned out that last week was podcast 251. Uh, sorry, podcast. See, I'm getting confused again. Last week was podcast 250, and this is now podcast 251. So um, I'll just have to make a, a small celebration just now. Cheers to last week. Now, where were we? The news. Archaeologists have discovered signs of human habitation dating back 4,000 years on Sligo Coney Island in Ireland. A box-like structure built from large stone slabs has been found on the island and may be used for cooking during the Bronze Age. It's been excavated by a team led by Eamon Kelly, the director of Irish Antiquities at the National Museum there. Measuring about a metre long and 80 centimetres wide, the structure is thought to have been a prehistoric trough that was dug into the ground and then filled with water and part of a burnt mound structure. Stones, which are heated separately on an outdoor hearth, would then be added to this water trough to bring it to the boil. There's actually thousands of Bronze Age burnt mounds throughout Ireland, but one found on a beach is quite rare. It makes you wonder why they would have wanted to heat salt water. Hot water was typically used for cooking and bathing and washing and dyeing textiles and even brewing alcohol. But using salt water meant that, for example, brewing was not the purpose of Coney Island uh, uh, pit. Unless, of course, you like salty beer. The structure has been uh, known locally as, believe it or not, the Lover's Wishing Well. So it was well known. The legend was that anyone who lay inside it would dream of the person they were going to marry. 
Down to Saudi Arabia, where studies of early human dispersals out of Africa into Asia, scientists have long debated how, when and who moved into the Arabian Peninsula tens of thousands of years ago, and even further back in time. In recent years, researchers have been discovering sites across the Arabian Peninsula that bear on the entire time spectrum of human prehistory, beginning with the Lower Paleolithic, dating arguably in some cases to possibly more than a million years ago. No longer regarded as a cul-de-sac for studies of human evolution and dispersals, the area has quickly emerged as a major theatre for exploration and scholarship in the evolving story of early humans and their dispersal across the globe. Perhaps because no one's really had a chance to really get in there and look before. It uh, truly is an explored countryside. Now, in a study conducted by Eleanor Skerry of the University of Bordeaux and colleagues researchers, um, they have quantitatively, that's easy for me to say, tested the hypothesis that lithic tool assemblages uncovered at a site at Juba in the Nefud Desert of northern Saudi Arabia exhibit similarities with Middle Stone Age stone tools found in northeast Africa. These artifacts are said to have been produced by modern human populations in northeast Africa around 280,000 years ago and 50 to 25,000 years ago. What they found has produced a picture more complicated than expected. By analysing the process the toolmakers used to form their tools, they determined that a mixed demography of early humans occupied the area as opposed to a homogeneous grouping. While two Jubalithic assemblages display similarities and differences with the northeastern African assemblages, a third locality was significantly different to both the other Arabian and African assemblages, indicating an unexpected diversity of assemblages in the Juba Basin during what's known as the Marine Isotope Stage 5, which dates to around 125 to 70,000 years ago. That's the really crucial point in time when the early modern humans are, as they say, leaving Africa. Along with evidence from southern Arabia and the Levant, results add quantitative support to arguments that hominin demography at the interface between Africa and Asia was complex. You betcha. Now, a 5,000-year-old step well has been found at one of the largest Harappan cities called Dolavera near the Arabian Sea is what now is western India. It's rectangular, it's 73 metres long, it's 30 metres wide and 10 metres deep. In fact, it turns out to be the largest ancient reservoir so far discovered in the country. Almost three times larger than the Great Bath at Mohenjo-Daro, that's only 12 by 7 by a paltry 2.4 metres deep. More like a swimming pool, that one. The investigators suspect a huge lake and an ancient shoreline are also buried at the archaeological site. That's one of the five largest Harappan sites and the most prominent archaeological site in India that belongs to the Indus Valley Civilization. Experts will now use 3D laser scanning, remote sensing technology and ground-penetrating radar to investigate the advanced hydraulic engineering used by the Harappans for building this and other step wells. The team also intend to excavate various tanks, and, believe it or not, fine brick sanitation chambers. I don't know if that's a polite way of saying something. Archaeologists from the University of Barcelona have found a remarkable site at La Almaloya, located in Murcia in Spain. This is now on my bucket list of sites to go and see. Finds include a silver diadem discovered in what's called a royal tomb, and itself the only one of its kind from Bronze Age Spain. 
An excavation conducted in August by the researchers from the Department of Prehistory unearthed the unique archaeological wealth of the site, calling it the Cradle of the El Argar civilization, which had lived in the southeast part of the Iberian Peninsula during the Bronze Age. The findings indicate that La Almaloya was the primary centre within the political territory of El Algar and sheds new light on the politics and even gender relations in one of the first urban societies of Western Europe. The discoveries made by the archaeological team include an urban settlement of carefully laid out buildings as well as dozens of tombs, most of them containing spectacular grave goods. The building's walls were constructed with stones and covered with layers of mortar. Some parts contained stucco decoration with geometric and naturalistic motifs, which represent the first discovery of the Argaric artistic style. Among the discoveries is a wide hall which would have had high ceilings and measured some 70 square metres, giving it a capacity to have 64 people seated at benches lining the walls. We're looking at some sort of um, official governmental or should I say palace type structure here. Of the 50 tombs excavated from under uh, the La Almaloya buildings, one stands out in particular. Located in a rather privileged area next to the main wall of the hall, the tomb reveals the remains of a man and a woman buried with their bodies in a flexed position and accompanied by some 30 objects containing precious metals and semi-precious stones. One of the most outstanding pieces is a silver diadem which still encircled the skull of the woman. Four earplugs were also discovered, two made of solid gold, two of silver. One of the most remarkable items was also a tiny ceramic cup with the rim and outer surface covered in a fine layer of silver. This is a period which is starting to fascinate me more and more. It's where did these people come from and how did this proto-urban society evolve? Now, uh, we're going to go back further in time, I'm afraid, back to the time of Neanderthals. And despite numerous sites of great antiquity being excavated since the end of the 19th century, Middle Pleistocene human fossils are still extremely rare in Northwest Europe. However, archaeologists have discovered 200,000-year-old Neanderthal-like remains in Normandy and France. The three long bones from the same upper limb were found in September at tourville la Riviere in Normandy and were shown to the press in Paris uh, this week. The remains are attributed to the Neanderthal lineage in the Middle Pleistocene era and are aged around about 236,000 to 183,000 years old. The open-air site from which they were found was first discovered in 1967 as a sand and gravel quarry and has been monitored by archaeologists ever since. This is now the second time such remains have been found in France. It was in 1980s that two partial crania from this period were excavated from another site in northern France. All other known human fossils from this period have been found from 10 sites. Unbelievable, 10 sites, either in Germany or in England. The three bones were probably belonging to an adult or older adolescent, but archaeologists say they're unable to tell if it's male or female. There's still so much to learn about this uh, fascinating period. And talking about things to learn, let's shatter a theory. Scientists have identified some of the earliest cave paintings produced by humans. The artworks are in a rural area of Indonesian island of Sulawesi. Until now, paintings this old have been confirmed in caves only in Western Europe. 
Researchers say that the Indonesian discovery transforms ideas of how humans first developed the ability to produce art. Australian and Indonesian scientists have dated layers of stalactite-like growths that have formed over-coloured outlines of human hands. Early artists made them by carefully blowing paint around hands that were pressed tightly against the cave walls. And guess what? The oldest is at least 40,000 years old. There's also depictions of human figures and pictures of wild animals that are found only on the island. Dr Maxime Aubert of Griffiths University in Queensland, Australia, who dated the paintings found in Maros in southern Sulawesi, explained that a faint outline of a human hand was probably the earliest of its type. The minimum age for the outline of the hand is 39,900 years old, which makes it the oldest human hand stencil in the world. Next to it, there's a pig that's a minimum age of 35,400 years old and then becomes the oldest figurative depiction in the world. There's also paintings in the caves that are from around 27,000 years old, which means that the inhabitants were painting, or at least coming back there sporadically, for 13,000 years. In addition, there are paintings in a cave in the Regency of Bone, 100 kilometres north of Maros, that cannot be dated because the stalactite-like growths used to determine the age do not occur there. But the researchers believe that they are probably the same age as they are stylistically identical. For decades, the only evidence of ancient cave art was in Spain and southern France. It led some to believe that the creative explosion that led to art as we know it began in Europe. But the discovery of paintings of a similar age in Indonesia is shattering that view, according to Chris, uh, Professor Chris Stringer of the Natural History Museum in London. It's actually an incredibly important find. It enables us to get away from the Eurocentric view of a creative explosion that was special only to Europe and did not develop in other parts of the world until much later. The discovery of 40,000-year-old cave paintings at the opposite end of the globe suggests that the ability to create representational art has its origins further back in time in Africa, before modern humans spread across the rest of the world. The basis from this art was uh, 60,000 years ago. It may have even been in Africa before then, says Professor Stringer. Dr. Adam Brum, who is the co-leader of the Sulawesi research, believes many well-known sites in Asia and as far away as Australia contain art that is extremely old, but which has yet not been accurately dated. If Sulawesi is anything to go by, where cave art was first recorded over half a century ago, it was assumed to be younger. But there was a crucial part of the human story right under our noses. This is one of the fascinating parts of it. I know what you're going to be saying, oh, we know that the Australian cave art is much older. We don't. We can only assume it is. This is actually dating it scientifically, and it's really what's required in Australia now. And we're only really now getting the, the techniques that allow us to do that. Now, uh, from earth-shattering to um, a rather nice find. And if you would like to see... Um, some beautiful images of this. Uh, they, they were sent to us by our friends at uh, the Lolland Museum. And if you pop along to pasthorizonspr.com, which has actually has had a lovely little makeover, I hope you like it, um, you'll be able to find some stunning pictures of the flint knife from Denmark. What makes it special? Well, it still has, partially, its birch bark handle. It's the first ever 
of its type found in Denmark, and it's at least 3,000 years old, found at Rodby in southern Zealand. While Stone Age flint knives are somewhat common find, finding a flint knife with its handle has never ever happened before, as people transition from flint to bronze tools. Now here's a, a bit of a debate to be had. Some suggest that the supply of metal could not keep up with the demand, so a specialist stunning new trade that combined these new designs with old materials, such as a Bronze Age knife shape with a flint blade, was created. The owners of such knives typically kept them until they had died and then they were buried with them. However, this 20 centimetre long specimen was found on an old seabed. So unfortunately for this person, it's a casual loss. However, the circumstances of it lost allowed for the preservation of its um, hilt. It's absolutely stunning. The knife don't you worry, it's on its way to the National Museum in Copenhagen, where it will be preserved. Similar knives have also been found in Germany, and researchers hope that a detailed study of the blade and the handle will tell them more about the knife's origins and links between Denmark and Germany during the time it was made. And yes, I know that Denmark and Germany didn't exist during that period. Let's now head off to some uh, interesting news about the Scilly Isles and pottery. I am slightly jealous, I have to say. Archaeologists have discovered one of the largest halls of Neolithic pottery in the southwest on the Isles of Scilly off the coast of Cornwall in England. <coughs> Pardon me. Thousands of pottery shards, thousands, dating back between 3,500 to 3,000 BCE, have been uncovered thanks to a project run by volunteers. Reading University lecturer and archaeologist Dr Duncan Garrow headed the Stepping Stones project with Fraser Stewart of, uh, Sturt, sorry, of Southampton University. Dr Garrow said in 2013, we mainly dug small 2 metre by 2 metre test pits and this time they were looking for the building and so created a much larger trench, 10 by 12. Then they found about 30 postals, which might have been successive structures, but there wasn't any coherent building like neat rectangles, which is almost a bit annoying, but that's just the way it is in archaeology. But what they did find were thousands of pot shards and flint, and one pit even yielded a thick layer of charcoal, about which they're still not sure its purpose. But it did contain material, rock crystals, and a pierced pebble necklace or amulet. Mm, spooky. A series of test pits in the adjoining field had even more postals and absolutely loads of material, but overall the best find was a fabulous Cornish greenstone stone mace head, like a Neolithic hat axe with a hole through the middle of it. This process would have taken hours to create at a time when people did not have metal tools and would have had to grind out the hole using a wooden bow drill and a brazier of sand and then polish it up. This mace head was an important prestige object. It does look like they're on the track of some fabulous Neolithic archaeology there. Now it's our last story. Oh well, um, all good things come to an end. The analysis of artefacts from a 325,000-year-old site in Armenia shows that human technological and innovation occurred intermittently throughout Europe rather than spreading from a single point of origin, as has previously been thought. 
The study examines thousands of stone artefacts retrieved from the Norgelje One site, which is a unique one preserved between two lava flows which have been dated 200 to 400,000 years ago. The dating of the volcanic ash found within the sediments and detailed study of the sediments themselves have allowed researchers to correlate the stone tools with a period that lies between 325,000 and 335,000 years ago, when the Earth's climate was actually very similar to today's. The stone tools provided early evidence for the simultaneous use of two distinct technologies. Biphase technology, commonly associated with hand axe production during the Lower Paleolithic, and the Valois technology, a stone tool production method typically attributed to the Middle Stone Age in Africa and the Middle Paleolithic in Eurasia. Traditionally, archaeologists use the development of Lavalois technology and the disappearance of BFAS technology to mark the transition from the Lower to the Middle Paleolithic around about 300,000 years ago. Archaeologists have argued that Lavalois technology was invented in Africa and spread to Eurasia with expanding human populations, replacing local BFAS technologies in the process. This theory draws a link between populations and technologies and thus equates technological change with demographic change. The coexistence of these two technologies at Norgegi 1 provides the first clear evidence that local populations developed Lavalois technology out of existing BFAS technology. The combination of these different technologies in one place suggests to us that about 325,000 years ago, the people at the site were being innovative. So says Daniel Adler, Associate Professor of Anthropology at the University of Connecticut and the study's lead author. Moreover, chemical analysis of several hundred obsidian artefacts shows that humans at the site utilised obsidian outcrops from as far away as 120 kilometres, suggesting that they must have been able to uh, exploit a large, environmentally diverse territory. In BFAS technology, a massive stone is shaped through the removal of flakes from two surfaces to produce a tool such as a hand axe. The flakes detached during the manufacture of the, the BFAS are treated as waste. In Lavalois technology, a massive stone is shaped through the removal of flakes in order to produce a convex surface from which flakes of, this is further flakes, of predetermined size and shape can then be detached. The predetermined flakes produced through Lavalois technology are the desired product in the end, not the waste. The archaeologists suggest that Lavalois technology is optimal in terms of raw material use and that the predetermined flakes are relatively small and easy to carry. They were important issues for the highly mobile hunter-gatherers. It's a novel combination of the shaping and flaking system that distinguishes Lavalois from other technologies and highlights its evolutionary relationship to BFAS technology. Based on comparisons of archaeological data from sites in Africa, Middle East and Europe, the study also demonstrates that this evolution was gradual and intermittent and that it occurred independently within different human populations who shared a common technological ancestry. In other words... Lavalwa technology evolved out of pre-existing BFAS technology in different places at different times. This conclusion challenges the view held by some archaeologists that technological change resulted from population change. The artefacts found at Norgegi 1 reflect the technological flexibility and variability of single populations during a period of profound human behavioural and biological change. These results highlight the antiquity for the human capacity for innovation. 
Well, that was quite exciting. But if you want to keep up the excitement, when pop along to the new, the fabulous new, PastHorizonsPR.com website. Mmm, very nice. Can I also remind people that many new archaeological and heritage employment opportunities, as well as a UK heritage calendar library guidance section, and so much more, can be found at Badger, www.bajr.org. And remember, more can always be found at the fabulous Stone Pages, news.stonepages.com. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll be getting back to you, guess what, next week. <laughs> <laughs>